Good morning. Welcome to All Souls. We're an intentionally diverse community who hold that we do not need to think alike to love alike. And whatever your identity or your history, if you wish to worship with us, you are welcome here. Visitors are welcome to attend any activities whatsoever that are a part of this church, and you'll find a list of them, um, most of them anyway, in our orders of service. Uh, Feel free to come, be a part of them. There are people there to contact if you need more information. They're listed in the orders too. I want especially to invite everyone to the candlelight service this coming Thursday evening. It'll be at 6.45, and we have guest musicians, and we do a lot of Christmas carols and stuff like that. Um, it's, it's a particularly beautiful service. Uh, membership in this church is open to all who are willing to support and participate in the life of the church, who contribute financially to the extent that they, they are able, and who affirm the principles and purposes of Unitarian Universalism. If you would like to know more about us, there's several options available to you. Uh, the first one is you can fill out the blue cards in the in front of you in the pews and drop those in the offering basket. They give you a place to mark whether you want to talk to one of us or uh, if you have any particular questions. The next is to speak with someone at our guest table out in the foyer. It, they are usually in the service, so if you will give them just a second to get back there, it's helpful. Um, the third is that today, after the service, we have a newcomer in-gathering, I mean a newcomer information session, and here to speak just another word about that is our membership team leader, Ron Thurston. But I don't think we have any visitors, so we don't have to go too far. Okay. <laughs> Morning. Uh, We will have an information session today for visitors and guests that would like to uh, find out more about us, more about uh, Unitarian Universalism, uh, joining the church, how you can fit in. So that will be at 1230, uh, right down the hall there in the high schoolers' religious education classroom, clearly marked. We'll watch a great DVD from our denominational headquarters in Boston, share questions, Share your stories as you're comfortable, and uh, we hope to see you there. If you have any questions about that, see me in the foyer after the service. Thank you. Thank you, Ron. Whether you're new here or have been a member for decades, we want to invite you to please stay after the service if you can. Visit with each other, get to know each other a little better. That makes a stronger community. We also have some gift wrapping that's happening in the, in the social hall after the service for the angel tree gifts that have been brought um, that we're giving away as part of our Christmas spirit, holiday spirit, giving spirit. Uh, also, after the service... I would like to enlist the aid of all able-bodied men and any particularly headstrong women. I'd like to move this front bench out of the sanctuary into the hallway, just this one side, if we can, for the uh, candlelight service. And it's a really hefty job, so if we can get some help, I'd appreciate that. As we move towards the body of the service, if you would please 
turn off silence or otherwise make undistracting any electronic devices that you might have. If you're speaking in the pulpit, we'd ask that you turn them off because they make the sound system act up. Thank you and enjoy the service. So the shortest day came, and the year died, and everywhere down the centuries of the snow-white world came people singing, dancing, to drive the dark away. They lighted candles in the winter trees, they hung their homes with evergreens, they burned beseeching fires all night long to keep the year alive. And when the New Year's sunshine blazed awake, they shouted, reveling, Through all the frosty ages, you can hear them echoing behind us. Listen. All the long echoes sing the same delight, the shortest day, as promise wakens in the sleeping land. They carol, fest, give thanks, and dearly love their friends. And hope for peace, and so do we here now, this year and every year. Welcome, Yule. Our chalice lighters this morning are Stuart and Elise and Annalise Orchard. For the gift of holy days, when we recall the old stories, we light the flame. For the gift of solstice, which reminds us that the earth will bring us once again out of darkness, we light the flame. For the gift of the miracle of Hanukkah, which reminds us to celebrate our own light of freedom and courage, we light the flame. For the gift of Christmas and the child of hope waiting to be born in us, we light the flame. For the gift of enlarging our circle, weaving new threads into the rich tapestry of our community, we light the flame. For the gift of time together to remember the past, to look to the future, to be alive in this very moment, we light the flame. Will you stand as you're comfortable in body or spirit and say with us the unison affirmation? It's printed in your order of service. Love is the doctrine of this church. The quest for truth is its sacrament and service is its prayer to dwell together in peace, to seek knowledge in freedom, to serve human need to the end that all souls shall grow into harmony with the sacred. Thus do we covenant with each other. And if you like, you can remain standing for our opening hymn. It's number 221. Thank you, guys. The story of Hanukkah holds special meaning for Unitarian Universalists as a story of religious freedom and the struggle always to kindle its light. Members of our second through fifth grade class will share that story with you now.
Long, long ago, more than 2,000 years ago, the Jewish people were ruled by a cruel king named Antiochus, Antiochus IV. <laughs> but louder and slower. Antiochus IV. They wanted the freedom to worship their own God in their own way, but the king refused to let them read their holy books, celebrate their holidays, or pray to their God. He even put statues of his God into their sacred temple in their holiest city, Jerusalem. Jerusalem. See, Jerusalem. What if someone came into our church, made a big mess, put up all their stuff, and told us we could only worship their way? How would we feel about that? Now there was a now there was a very brave man up in the hills named Judah Maccabee. Judah and his brothers led an army into Jerusalem under cover of darkness, defeated Antiochus, and took back the temple for the Jewish people. First, they were so happy about this, but then the Maccabees saw the mess that Antiochus and his crowd have, had left behind. They had broken things. They had torn up the place, and they left it really dirty too. It was the wor- It was way worse than the worst mess you ever left in your room. <laughs> So the Maccabees and their friends were heartbroken as they began the job of cleaning up the temple. They used the little bits of holy oil they found to relight the great menorah. But they were worried they would have to find and bless more of the holy oil. And that was going to take at least eight days. Meanwhile, they only had enough oil to burn for one day, maybe two tops. But that's when the great miracle happened. Somehow that little bit of oil lasted for eight crazy nights until they could get more. So for eight days, they celebrated the miracle of the oil and the miracle of their freedom to worship the way they wanted. Today, all over the world, Jewish people still celebrate this miracle for eight days. They light candles, eat special foods cooked in the oil like potato latkes and jelly donuts. They sing songs, give gifts, and play games. They play one special game with a spinning top called a dreidel. 
The four Hebrew letters on the dreidel correspond to the words, A great miracle happened there. As Unitarian Universalists, our own flaming chalice is a symbol of of religious freedom. And so we honor the Maccabees in their struggle. Thank you. Very nice job. Their teacher for this pillar was Ginger Lowe. Ginger, will you just wave to everybody? And after the service, you will have a chance to play dreidel. There's a little insert in your order of service that tells you how, and we'll down in the social hall. But right now, our pre-K and K-1 class has a song about the dreidel that they would like to share with you. Okay, where's Jared? We do arrive out of many singular rooms, and truly we are blessed to be here with one another, to affirm our connections, to share our celebrations. In gratitude for a place to celebrate the joyful, if occasionally delicate, dance of that sharing, we will now accept the gifts of the people, and I will call your attention to the lyrics of this song that are in your order of service. I invite you to now take a moment to stop, to sit comfortably, to put your papers down, and to breathe. Close your eyes and just be aware of your breath. Inhale deeply and with each exhalation, let your shoulders relax down from your ears. Feel your body sink more deeply into your seat. Rest for a moment in the peace of this darkness. Picture now one tiny candle that illuminates this quiet and sacred darkness. A light of wisdom that slowly, slowly grows showing you all you will need to see, all that you are seeking, if not all that you were expecting. See all that troubles you in this light of wisdom, 
Hold your loved ones and those who are suffering in this light of warmth and love. Source and spirit of all life, we call you by many names and you speak to our hearts in many voices. From a pantheon of gods and goddesses of the elements of earth to the highest and best of the human spirit, to God the Father, to the tiny child of hope who grew into the man who taught us that we hold within us the very kingdom of God. At this time, when nights are long, sit with us. Help us to be still. Help us to recognize the gift of darkness and the peace and clarity that comes with the growing light as now we enter the silence. We'll now have a Christmas message from Jared Davis. Good morning. Good morning. First, I want to give props to my pre-K K-1 class. <laughs> Those poor kids didn't hear that song the same way twice. Because Laura and I could not figure out the tune. At one point, they were doing it like a drinking song. And we had no idea. We had to get Susan to come in and help us do it the right way. <laughs> Anyway, um, so I'm going to tell a little, a little bit about Christmas in my family this year. Um, about eight months ago, my brother was laid off from his job. Uh, he, they live in Phoenix, and the housing market is tanked, and my brother worked for a builder. Um, so he was laid off. Uh, about three months later, my mother was laid off from her job, and uh, she was the director of a nonprofit organization. And just a month after that, my father was laid off from his job. So there was a period of about three months where my whole family, except for me and my sister, didn't have a job. Everybody who lived in Phoenix was jobless. So uh, luckily, about uh, two months ago, my dad got a job. My mom got a job a couple weeks after that. And uh, just this Friday, my brother called me and said he got a, a job offer. So, so they're all back on their feet and uh, doing great. Um, and I'm, I'm really glad for them. But... Because of that, we had to change Christmas around a little bit. You know, we didn't, my, my brother's been out of work for eight months, so we didn't want him to be responsible for getting everybody on his list a, a gift. So instead of doing what we typically, typically do, which is everybody get everybody something, we decided to draw names. Um, and I got to say, it's been a really special Christmas in my family this year because it took me four hours to do my Christmas shopping. <laughs> My cousins usually draw names, but this year we decided not to do that because a couple of my cousins uh, were laid off as well. So um, the Christmas list has gone, shrunk quite a bit, but uh, it's been pretty special. You know, there's been a, every year about this time we hear about the war on Christmas, you know, the, Christ, you know, the groups saying that you have to say Merry Christmas. And, but I think this year it's a little deeper than that. I think because of the economy, the way it is, there's another war on Christmas, and that's the war against rampant consumerism that Christmas has become. You know, people are starting to really reassess what's important to them and, and what's meaningful to them. And I, I didn't hear any stories this year about anybody getting trampled to death on Black Friday. I didn't hear, when I went Christmas shopping last week, I didn't get beeped at when the traffic was really bad and snarled up. And I think, uh, you know, this because of the way the economy is, this Christmas season is a little bit more special. Every year we talk about the real meaning of Christmas. And every year somebody comes up and says, oh, it's not about presents, it's about something else. And in my, in my family, 
Christmas is about giving, and it's about family. It's really the one time a year that we're all together because we all live in different in different areas. And as the pre-K kids pointed out to me, I don't need Santa to bring me presents because I got a job. So, <laughs> so anyway, this year Christmas in my family is going to be more about doing stuff as a family, um, and it does promise to be probably the greatest Christmas ever since I got that Optimus Prime helmet, you know, when I was <laughs> six. They wouldn't let me work to school, but I still got a lot of enjoyment out of it. Uh, and so this year we're celebrating, I get to see Christmas through the eyes of my four-year-old nephew. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, my sister will be sporting a beauty, uh, baby bump. She's about three months pregnant, so uh, it's going to be pretty special. And we're going to be doing things as a family, and we're going to see my uh, Laura's family as well for Christmas. So uh, it's my Christmas wish that even if the economy does improve, that we always remember the Christmas of 2009 where, where gifts had meaning and, and Christmas is special. So Merry Christmas. Thanks, Jared. Our middle school class this year has done more work with the curriculum Jesus and His Kingdom of Equals, and Andrea Weinreber has been their teacher. As a Unitarian Universalist congregation seeking to define our place in the world, we often find ourselves asking the question, are we to be a true beacon of religious freedom and social justice rising out of these woods? Are we to be a haven of spiritual retreat, reflection, and nurture? To find the answer, we could do a whole lot worse than simply look to our Christian roots and to the man Jesus himself. Jesus spoke often of the kingdom of God, and when asked to explain that, did not speak about streets paved in gold or angels with harps, but said simply, the kingdom of God is within you. He was a mystic, believing not only in his own direct connection to God, but that all people could have this connection. Of course, to live in Jesus' time and speak of any kind of kingdom that did not involve Caesar or Rome was to do something absolutely radical and dangerous. And he amplified this radical message by declaring, Blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And whatsoever you have done for the least of these, you have done for me. He affirmed the importance of the connections between us in the way that Jared and his family will too, reminding his friends, Mary and Martha, that Martha shouldn't worry so much about all the tasks at hand, and that Mary had chosen the better part by sitting and conversing and connecting with him. Jesus knew and taught that it serves us well to remember that a life well lived is a crucial balance of deep spiritual connection and carrying that connection out into the world. The American Baptist minister and Harvard professor, Reverend Peter Gomes, says that following the teachings of Jesus is no easy thing. He said it could be scandalous if we actually tried to apply it in our community, to feed the hungry, clothe the naked, love our neighbors. Those are dangerous things. On Thursday, a number of us were present when Mayor Glover made history here in Shreveport, signing an executive order expanding the city's non-discriminatory hiring policy to include sexual orientation, gender identity, and disability. Let's stick close to the council now and encourage the other members who are seeking to follow the mayor's example. In that spirit, our middle schoolers have a message for you. The kingdom of love is coming because someone, somewhere someone is kind when others are unkind. Somewhere someone shares with another in need.
Somewhere someone refuses to hate while others hate. Somewhere someone is patient and waits in love. Somewhere someone returns good for evil. Somewhere someone serves another in love. Somewhere someone is calm in a storm. Somewhere someone is loving everybody. Is that someone you? <laughs>